All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast. For your Houston Texans, I am Young Ari Gold, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And, John, we have a we have a new Houston Texans head coach. It is a name that we are all familiar with. It is a name that I think was surprising for everybody at the end, um, but it is a name that is respected around the league. It is a name that has been to a Super Bowl. It is a guy who had some pretty impressive defenses, and it is none other than Lovey Smith from Sandy, Texas. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the, it's still one of the, it's still one of the weirdest coaching searches I think that I've ever witnessed, based on what's been going going through the media. Now, it just kind of depends, like, how much of that stuff that's been floated out there is true. I mean, Pancake seems extra, extra, extra salty. So, it's like, how much of the leaks were really true leaks? How much were people... I mean, people are always pushing agendas. If it was a, as straightforward as Nick made it seem in, in the... Uh, in the press conference where he just couldn't really decide on a guy. It almost came across like he couldn't really decide on a guy. They're talking with Lovey. Lovey's here. Lovey's solid. Like Lovey's a better version of David Cully. Like just a infinitely better version of David Cully. As in he's an older coach. He's going to relate to the players. Like he's a raw, raw guy, but I mean, he's also earned like quite a bit of credibility as a head coach. Like he's been to a Super Bowl. He took Rex Grossman to a Super Bowl. He's one of the few defensive coaches out there that actually has fairly consistent fairly consistent with turnovers. Like usually like all the like number guys and everybody they're always like, "Well, you can't really count defenses that rely on turnovers." However, Levy Smith is one of the few guys that gets kind of like a little asterisk because his defenses always overperform on turnovers. You can't predict turnovers, but somehow, some way, he s- tends to do it. Um, so he's a great, great guy to keep around. Solid head coach. Still, to me, I mean, and I've been kind of stuck on this all week, is, uh, did you see my tweet about the MVP machine? Have you ever heard of that book? No, no. It goes into detail about how the Astros... Um, structured their organization um, and how other new Moneyball teams are have structured. Essentially, everything's just hyper-specialized now. Like you have your analytics teams that are helping making decisions and you have so many coaches that are just very, very specialized. Like when you sit there and you, you think about A.J. Hinch or, or Dusty Baker, like they don't ever come up with the defensive shifts. Like that's all pre-made before the game. Like they all the filters have their cards they don't have anything to do with calling the the game for the pitchers same sort of thing like the pitchers have information on every single hitter like all that's come up with like by like a stats department essentially the they don't even aj hinch didn't really even set lineups until after the astros had some pretty serious success and he was actually bought into the analytics side why do you think george springer hit leadoff like when you think of a leadoff hitter, you don't think of George Springer, but they ended up making him a leadoff hitter, and he had phenomenal success there. 
because the analytics say your guy that gets on base and makes things happen um, doesn't have to be just the speedy guy with a high OPS. It's also the guy that can that you just want hitting more often than not. And you just wanted Springer hitting more often than not. So that's why he ended up being the leadoff hitter. And it took A.J. Hinch buying into that before they even gave him lineup control. Like the front office, like essentially had set up a system where the decisions weren't really made by the coaching staff anymore. They were made by specialists, analytics teams. Like I almost hate to say analytics, but it's guys that were just very well versed. Like Strom definitely had input on, on pitching, um, but there was a, a whole team of pitching coaches, not just him. So with the Texans and you hear everything about Casario um, being in, in the booth, you hear about them talking about like the analytics through Cully. To me, that's just what it, it screamed. Like this Casario wants to do what the, the new Moneyball teams do. And that's find a head coach, find a manager that was more about getting buy-in and embracing kind of like the new school way of thinking and relating with the players. Less so of a, less so of a guy that's just a big X's and O's guy. Um, less so than I even think maybe even the scheme. And I think that's why you had Cully. Cully was entirely a cheerleader. But he didn't, I think that part of the problem when they say differences of philosophy was he was deviating. He wasn't really buying into that. And like that stuff leaked out, like when he wasn't going for it, like when he wasn't listening to Casaria, like that stuff leaked out. And I think that they probably had a sit down and that's why Cully got let go. And that may be part of the reason why it's like, you know what? Lovey Smith is just down the hall. He's got his credential. He's, he's got his cred. Like he has done everything that you needed to do. He is loved in the locker room. And if he's going to buy into maybe a little bit of the new school way of thinking, like maybe that's it. Maybe that's all they wanted. Um, and that's how you end up with Lovey Smith. I mean, I don't know about the drama about every other coach out there. Like the list that the Texans had out there of candidates that they actually interviewed versus the list that the media came up with prior to them interviewing never matched up. Um, so it's just, it's just, it's been interesting, but I mean, I'm excited about Levy. I mean, he's better than he's, he's definitely improvement. Um, based on, based on the social media reaction from players and everybody else around the league, it seems like, the Texans didn't at least didn't embarrass themselves with this hire. Like it's not people scratching their head. Like this is actually a justifiable hire. My only concern is even though we did have a better defensive performance last year, our defense was very, very, very simple. Um, and now Levy Smith is going to be the head coach and he's going to call plays for the defense. Like he's going to be the defensive coordinator and the head coach that, that gives me a little bit of pause and it shouldn't. And that almost, that almost sounds unfair because you look at all these guys that are both offensive coordinators and head coaches, but I didn't like it when Bill O'Brien did it. And I don't really know. I didn't I like, like it when Levy's... I saw Brable do it 
two years ago. You know, there's a lot of times when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, it really just doesn't work out. I mean, on offense, it, it typically never works out, but. Um, I mean, well, both both of these teams in, in the Super Bowl, their head coaches are the play callers. Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy. I'm not saying I it's think... a thing, but that uh, that's more of a testament to the head coaches, like those two specifically, you know what I mean? I, it may, or even the system. Or the youngness or whatever it may be. There's there's, yeah. there's tons of different moving parts. But, uh, yeah, I put it out earlier. That was, like, the only bad thing I took away from the press conference. Um, I, I just, after seeing what we saw from Coley last year, it's like I, I, don't want, I don't want another guy who, like, Lovey knows how to manage the game inside the game. But if you're asking them to do other things, like, I don't know, I just would like for us to hire a young defensive coordinator. You know, it could be the defensive lineman from defensive line coach from the Niners, or it, it really doesn't even matter. It could be whoever, just to be able to see, you know, let the let the OC and DC and special teams, let them do their own thing and, and be a head coach. But um, I guess Cal had, I mean, Nick had um, uh, another plan yeah i mean if you look at if you look at levy smith as kind of like a continuation of what i said would be at minimum a, a two-year plan like he fits in perfectly he's that older coach that helps establish culture that helps that's a that's a good teacher of the game that gets these guys back to a professional level giving the vast majority of the roster to that baseline professional level like Lovey Smith is going to do that. Um, and I mean, we get to keep Pep Hamilton, which is definitely a win. Right. I mean, isn't it? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I've heard, heard mixed things about Pep, um, but at the same time, you know, Pep's you also look the at same his, OC that got, you know, Andrew Luck's career shortened. If you just go look at, how that offense was and the lack of coaching for the offensive line. It was, it was, it was not well, very good for Andrew. I mean, he had three years yeah, as the offensive coordinator. Um, I don't know. And I mean, there's the Tampa two still gives me a little bit of hesitation because there's, teams out there that have demonstrated over and over that it can be beat. And I know that Lovey Smith is as good of a teacher of that system as anyone, but you also have to have like the right players in it. And still the new offenses out there, like they can, they can scheme to it. Like, if you have an accurate quarterback, he can scheme to it and he can still beat it, no matter what personnel you have out there. So, I mean, Levy Smith, towards the end of the year, did start implementing more into it. And I know that a base level 4-3, two-shell is, is a, it's a quick defense to turn your team around with. Like, you yeah. don't have to have as much talent to go out there and run some semblance for success but I don't know if it's necessarily the long-term answer. And what scares me with that is if Davis Mills is the quarterback and the way they were talking about him today, 
from what I could tell. I, I didn't get a chance to actually watch the uh, – He's the quarterback. But from what I was seeing on Twitter, it seemed like Lovey Smith and Casario all but embraced the idea of Davis Mills being the starting quarterback for a while. Yeah. Um, so with that, I would think that they would start to be pushing towards the future a little bit more. And that's, that's just what it gives me pause. Now, they may end up bringing in a defensive coordinator. They may bring in a young guy that gets Lovey to blitz a little bit more. There's some wrinkles that if he just adds to a system, I think that it could, it could be successful. But I am a little bit nervous when, when I, it, it's a good base to learn. But if we have a quarterback, we don't need to just learn the basics at this point. We need to start looking forward. Right. Yeah. I think, I think Levy's scheme, you know, towards the end of the season, we started to see a little bit of different things. Um, he was disguising coverages and stuff like that. He did send a couple extra blitzes. I mean, there were, there were things that he was doing from a scheme perspective that uh, didn't really go with what we come to know from a Levy scheme or Levy Smith scheme defense. But I just don't know how consistent that can be and, and the little wrinkles and things like that. How was he able to do that while also managing an offensive game plan, not managing, not putting it together, but overseeing special teams, you know, just all the things that come with it. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I don't necessarily think Lovey is a bad coach. I think Lovey is a very good coach. I think Lovey got the raw end of the deal in Tampa. I don't really know how good, those Tampa teams could have been with him instead of Dirk Cutter. Um, you know, they draft Jameis, they drafted Jameis that next year. Uh, I think Dirk tripled their wins or something like that. It was, it was pretty significant. Um, and, you know, so I, so I don't really know. Um, I, I think, I think he's the right guy. It, it, it's kind of like the same thing that we were saying last year. He's the right guy for now. He's the right guy to man the ship. You know, if you guys all remember, all the players were liked Coley too. So like when I see like the tweets of like the Instagram of like players congratulating, like, yeah, that's my coach and stuff like that. I don't put a lot of stake into that. Like I, I, I'm sure that the players love Lovey Smith. I, I, I couldn't imagine anybody really not liking Lovey Smith as a person and as there, a coach. It, it's kind of hard. There's a lot of positive things about Cully, but. I mean, the one thing that has st- stood out about Lovey Smith and, and the reaction is it's a lot, a lot of overwhelming. He's been a head coach. He was a head coach for a long time. Been to well, no, Super I'm talking Bowl. about I'm talking about like current players. No, no, I know, but I'm saying of course because they all yeah. it's like it's they all know the game. It's it's the history of the game. Nobody comes into the game not knowing anything about it. I mean, most players are going to know who Lovey Smith is. Um, Nate Washington came out today and was like. Like some girl tweeted out, like, "Oh, Lovey Smith was hired as the head coach of the Texans. Um, I think I'll be a fan again. What do you think?" And then Nate Washington was like, "No." So, I mean, there are some that are out there, but at the end of the day, it, it doesn't really matter. What I'm saying is, is I like Lovey. I think he's going to be better than Coley. Ultimately, I'd like to see Nick really lay the foundation and start to build pieces for when the next head coach is hired, to where we're able to kind of really put our full foot down on the gas pedal and just start to go. And I just don't know if that's going to be the, I can't see that being the situation with Lovey Smith. I respect him. I think he's a good head coach. I think he's, he's going to be good for what we need. I, I love that we're hiring 
pretty much an entire black staff that's fucking super dope like you know they they definitely took on the challenge of ensuring that you could tell that what lovey said today in the press conference about like you you're giving players and assistant coaches opportunities to coach on the coaching staffs more in promotion and internal hires and i mean internal promotions and things like that so that's great he's making an, uh, a big difference in that sense at least here in houston um and the schedule is pretty favor favorable. Um, I think we play Jair put out a thing. I think we play six out of the eight, like six out of the eight new uh, new head coaches we play this year. Um, like th- there's definitely some things that are favorable. If Davis Mills takes the next step, if you know Nick hits on drafts, if you know all the things that you know, if if you trade Deshaun and you're able to get these things, if they build a good staff, if they can rebuild the offensive line, like. There are there are some things that can be done, and and it it's just ultimately here's the problem. It's the fact that this the process to get to Lovey is what's going to cloud Lovey being hired. Had we had fired Coley and interviewed Lovey the next day, and he was a part of it, and it came down to Gannon, McCown, Lovey, Flores, and those were the four finalists or whatever it would have been, it would have been a totally different, I think, feeling around. The city, but then again, at the same time, like everybody seems to be on board with Lovey. Um, The fans, it's like the first time I think I've seen Texans Twitter be somewhat aligned. Um, You know, there's not a lot of negativity around it. Well, I mean, how much of that is just relief that we didn't actually hire Josh McCown? Because Texans Twitter was Josh McCown over Lovey Smith. You're one of like two. (laughs) The only reason is because, like, I just don't know. I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying like Josh McCown's a better head coach than Lovey Smith, right. or that Josh McCown is going to take us to the Super Bowl, or it, it really isn't any of that. It's just the fact that I, I don't know what we would have gotten. I, he right. could have been great. He could have been bad. He could have been, you know, he could have been pure shit. He could have been, who knows? Sean well, I mean, I, I don't know. But at the end of the day, it was a true, the point that true you, unknown. The point that you have made about McCown is the same point that you made about Brady a couple of years back that actually kept me from losing my mind at the thought of McCown is if he's really as good as these guys that get paid million of doll- millions of dollars to evaluate, say he is, then by the time that he's gotten proven it, you can't get him. Somebody else has him. Yeah. Like by the time that he's actually proven it, like you're just in a situation where you can't get him. So that's what kind of has stuck with me where I was like, okay, a lot of people love McCown. Like that is very, very common. Lovey um, loves McCown. Lovey, I mean, sounds like he's going to hire him if he can. But I think Texans Twitter, I mean, it had definitely bought into the national narrative that the Texans were losing their mind by potentially hiring a guy that has never even coached. Yeah. Which, I mean, is fair to Which say. Which is fair with, 100%. I've said it I a million mean, times. It's totally fair. I mean, when you've running a football team as a head coach is a fairly complex, no matter how Casario may be trying to set up the organization around it, like the football operations, like no matter how he's trying to set it up, whomever is that head coach, there's going to be a lot going on there. Yeah. Like there's just no way around that. And for McCown to go from zero coaching to that, like, yeah, that's a fair complaint to have. But at the same time, 
he, he may have been able to do it. Who knows? Um, but with Levy Smith, if he's if that same mechanic, if um, that same operation mechanic or mechanism has been put in place by Casario to support Levy Smith, Levy Smith has proven that he could do it yeah. already. Like he's proven that he is a bona fide head coach in the NFL. I the only reason that I could see maybe Cully getting the job ahead of Smith last year, other than there are some rumors out there and chat repeated it that Levy Smith said that he originally didn't want to be a head coach again was Levy Smith crashed and burned in college. Like he did not do very well in college, but some people are better suited for the pros and yes, him coming back to the NFL and having a year as a defensive coordinator and doing a solid job, like all things considering like our defense doesn't have, didn't, especially last year, didn't really have a lot of talent. And he went out there and the counting numbers may not be the best, but he still was able to get us a top 15 defense. Grandly, granted, it's on the strength of turnovers, but that still happened with a team that didn't have a lot of talent. So he proved that he could coach still, and maybe that even gave him the fire, fire again to be a head coach. Yeah, I don't know. Again, I'm not going to bash the Lovey Smith hire. I, I think it'll be fine. I think we'll be competitive. I, I think we'll be better than what we were last year. Um, I just think that we're not going to be the Bengals. No. We're, we're not. That That's out. And not that I thought that we would be, but you just don't know. You don't know. You don't know, you know, but I, I feel like, I mean, I'd love to be wrong. Trust me. If, you know, next year, the year after that, we're in the Super Bowl, fantastic. And I'll, I'll eat freaking, I don't care what it is. You guys tell me to eat, I'll eat it. But except for, you know what I mean? I didn't want McCown. That's not what I'm trying to say. Um, I, I just thought that McCown would have been more intriguing than Lovey Smith. Is <laughs> really what it boils yeah. down to. It's, I mean, it. It is very, very intriguing on what McCown would do. But who would have been the coaches that came with him? Like you have no idea what Flores. sort of system, you have no idea what sort of system he would have ran. You have not, no clue. We what don't know. We yeah. don't. We don't know. And, and like that's the part that like I like. I'm very, very risk. I love risk. Just so I mean, anybody understands. Like I'm a risk taker. I'll take any risk. I don't really care. And I'll deal with the problems that come from the risk not working. And ultimately for me, I think that's how you get ahead in life is by taking risks. And you had nothing to lose hiring McCown coming off of Coley. So either lose and hire a new coach after two or three years or who knows, he gets, he puts it together. But to say that he was going to be like a home run or anything like that, I just, I can't say that. I just, I really like that fact that we're, there was a chance that we could see something that we don't know. And if it would have worked great. And if it, if it wouldn't have, then, you know, it is what it is, but with lovey, look, I think he'll rot. He'll, he'll steady the ship. It's, you know, I know everybody's excited about Pep Hamilton. Um, so that's cool. I'm, I'm glad to keep the continuity with him and Mills. Um, it'll be interesting to see what we do in the draft. Um, you know, there's lots of things to build on from last season that I think a lot of people aren't highlighting. Um, but 
at the end of the day, this just kind of, this feels like a cow hire to me. That's just what it feels like. It feels like cow, like what if that is the case? What if cow just was like, nope. Like what if he's like tied to it because of OB? I mean, because of, of Bob McNair. Bob hired OB instead of Lovey at the time. Like what if there's like this emotional connection from Cal to his dad where he feels like he's doing the right thing by his father to bring in Lovey who never got the chance and all these other things. I don't know. It's just, it's a very, very weird situation the way that we got to Lovey Smith. And Nick just seems too calculated to interview, 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 like try to line up. And then out of nowhere, it's like, oh, hey, I forgot. I totally forgot Lovey Smith was on my coaching staff you know what shit let's just interview him (laughs) that's just crazy (laughs) you know what i mean like that that is just not plausible it doesn't make any sense as to how we got to lovey smith and that's the part that's like and it doesn't line up with anything that nick said in the press conferences young head coach long tenured guy that he wants to build around and the steelers only have had three head coaches none of that lines up so why would he say all of that in a press conference? He would say he he literally gave us what he was looking for. Why would he lie? Why would he go on this extravagant, long-tailed lie, and then out of nowhere decide, you know what? I was wrong. That's the wrong path. We're going to go for the sixty-three-year-old instead. That it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Well, I mean. As you, you've pointed out before on Twitter, like the Texans job is actually very appealing. Or you would think it's very appealing this coming I mean, year. Like you've got you got more capital afford- than anywhere else. Yeah. You've got a ton of draft capital. You're about to have a quarterback. Your starting quarterback is going to be on a third round contract. So we're about to have a lot of flexibility with the cap. The roster has like 20 people that are even signed for the year. So you have so much flexibility in bringing in people. Like this is actually a fairly appealing job unless you're afraid of the, the front office, whether it's Casario used to be your cow. Yeah. You think, you think Nick though, like you really think Nick's potentially part of that problem. I, 19 years in the league, tons of relationships, success, high recommendations, like only one year on the job. Like, I, I just don't see a reason to be scared of Nick. I, I understand the Jack stuff. I don't buy it. I think it's more just Cal is just. Well, I could understand the rumors of Jack being scary more so than Jack yeah. actually being scary. It's sure. Like, 100%. What's been put yeah, out yeah. there in the Agreed. media. Agreed. Agreed. But to me, it almost sounds. And again, this is you don't know what's true in the media. Here, Here's bottom line. Like what is put out about the Texans? has usually been so far off base, but it still gets picked up and ran with pretty consistently. But it's also one of the teams that is most often reported just wrong on like what the background drama is. And that's partly on the Texans because they leave so much room there for people to make up stories themselves. Like there's so much distance between dots when you're trying to connect dots. Like you can draw I don't know what you can draw something very big like you could, but that's, that's what's what happens. But the proof in the matter is that Casario said what he wanted. They announced interviews of coaches along the lines. 
that he wanted. And then very last second, complete 180. So was he not able to land one of those? Was he overridden by somebody else? Were somebody afraid? Is this all like Flores really was the choice and they were just doing their due diligence and then Flores blew it all up because he couldn't handle his temper? And at, granted, I'm saying that Flores is completely justified. I get where he's coming from. Like, I'm not saying that I'm throwing out that lawsuit, but that lawsuit may be the right thing, but it may have nuked the Texans' plans. I mean, I'm going to always go back to this when it comes to wanting or or accepting or interviewing for a head coaching position in the NFL, like 30, there's 32 teams just because you're hot for an interview this off season doesn't mean that you'll be hot for an interview next off season. Anything can happen. Literally anything, right? How many interviews did Eric Bieniemy get this year Two. He had all of them last year. Yeah, hit every single one. Um, Joe Brady, what happened to Joe Brady? He had like four interviews last year. How many did he have this year? None. He's the quarterbacks coach in Buffalo. So, like, you're you're not guaranteed to have another shot, let alone guaranteed to get an offer or another offer to where you can actually turn something down. If you ultimately want to be a head coach, you you have you're gonna take what's coming your way. I I, I just can't see it. it. It it doesn't logically make sense because why would you risk not having that opportunity again? Yeah. And no, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. I mean the the other part it might even be a little bit more of Occam's razor. Nick didn't like any of the candidates. Like that could have just been what it came down to. Like they get in, they interview and you know, he might've had this idea in his head. And then when he actually goes through the interview, he's like, you know what? This guy's not ready. This guy's not ready. This guy's not it. And then you're stuck with the one, not stuck, but you have the one guy that you know can do the job. May not be exciting, but you know, he'll be able to do it. He'll be able to do it at an above level. You'll be able to keep consistency with the, uh, the, the defense you'll be able to keep consistency with the or continuity with the offense like you're not gonna have to bring in a completely different system and you're sitting there trying to to build around dave or around davis mills and i will say one thing about pep hamilton if he gets back to the um to the offense that he ran up with andrew luck like that fits davis mills uh skill set a lot better like the Power, it's power run with a lot of play action and a lot of deep passes. Like, you know, the things that Mills can do fairly well. So, I mean... Yeah, if he's not getting killed by the offensive line. (laughs) Yeah, that... I mean, our offensive line is less talented than that that those Colts ones were. So, it'll it'll definitely be interested, but, I mean... But my point is, you get... If you go with Lovey, you're not blown away by any of the guys you interview. And you get to keep continuity. Like those are all pluses. Yeah. No. No. Agreed. Agreed. I just I can't see a situation where Nick wasn't able to get his guy. Like unless his guy was O'Connell. 
Well, unless the the rumors were true, and I mean, some of the rumors coming out were Aaron Wilson's Nick... the only one that knows anything. Yeah. If anybody if anybody paid attention to anything, Aaron Wilson is literally the only one that knows anything about this organization. John McClain has no clue. Brian T. Smith has no clue. Jerome Solomon has no clue. Brooks Kapna or whatever his name is doesn't have any clue. Stephanie Stradley doesn't have any clue. Like, there's literally nobody else that knows anything other than Aaron Wilson, at least from a local perspective. In my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not sitting here trying to argue with that. I'm just pointing out that the other rumor that was out there was Nick was demanding too much control over staffing. Which doesn't look to be true based on the staff that so far Pep and Pep and Levy are bringing in. So I don't know. It's there's just again, this whole situation is just so head scratching to me. Like the rumor is he wasn't able to land the candidate that he wanted because they couldn't agree on staff. Maybe Cal didn't want Lovey Smith to be fired. And maybe, maybe they maybe they were attaching Lovey Smith to whatever head coach came. So as a defensive coordinator, uh, maybe but Cal wasn't able to pull the trigger on that. What if instead of Nick and Gannon, like, see, the rumor that has been in chat, that's the rumor that's out there, that they were fighting about staff? What if Nick just didn't believe that Gannon could pull the guys that he was saying he could? Well, so in the, from what, what I've heard, that's true. From what I've heard, there's a lot of people that are coming into these interviews saying, I can get this guy, I can get that guy, I can get this guy, I can get that guy. And then GMs are going back behind and, like, talking to agents and other coaches and, like, yeah, no, I'm not, like, no, no, no. And so it's like, okay, well, if you're saying you can get these guys, but you can't, then what? what's the point? Yeah. So, I mean, again, I'm just trying to say maybe these are the ways things are getting misconstrued. And this actually goes back to my original point that you really can't believe anything that's out there in the media because they don't know. These dots yeah. are so far away. And there's just multiple ways you can interpret different things. And again, Lovey Smith, not exciting, but safe. That's, that's how I would describe it. That's how I feel. Not exciting, but safe. Pep, similar. Not exciting, but safe. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Ultimately. I think Mr. Pimp, Mr. Pimp Squad says, I think Casario wants too much control over everything. I don't know if Nick wants too much control or if he's is doesn't have the opportunity to actually get the right coach where he feels like he doesn't have to have control. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I, like I, see. I, I feel like he feels like he has to be because... Like, look who we had last year. Like, did you really want not want Nick on the headset last year? Like, I don't know. To me, with Coley on the field, I would think Nick is a advantage when Coley's the head coach. Um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe, but uh, it's just it's all so weird. The entire situation is weird. Um, is yeah, there... I, I I read that Mike Munchak was supposed to come with Gannon. Um, if that's the case, why isn't he going to Philly? Yeah, it's his job to be in control. I agree, hundred I mean, percent. I don't know. I don't know, Paul. I never heard that Lovey was up for the job last season. I mean, yeah. Again, that's another rumor out there, but who knows where these things are coming from? Like, you can't, you can't prove them. No. Like, I mean, Cully 
ultimately go back to to last year when Cully was hired. Lovey Smith wasn't even talked about. You forgot that Lovey Smith was almost forgotten about. Yeah. I mean, he had gone to college. He'd gone to Illinois, did not do well there at all for a multitude of reasons, but he didn't do well at all. And then I think he was at like New Mexico State or somewhere as the defensive coordinator. Like he was a defensive coordinator in college. Now, it was kind of a shock when he was brought in and as defensive coordinator. But I mean, he turned out because I remember even saying last year when he, he was brought in that I was, he was actually my least favorite hire of the staff coming in, him and his, his son as the linebackers coach. And now we're a year later and it's like he ended up being the best hire. But Lovey Smith was pretty much forgotten about. And I didn't get any pushback. Like we were all so excited about Pep Hamilton, which I mean, turned out to be fair. I mean, Davis Mills did fairly well, but Lovey, no one was excited about it. We said he would, he would be all right, but it was going to be a very basic defense. Like we knew that going in, but weren't excited about it. He hadn't had success recently. So why would he be offered a head coaching job in the NFL? So I don't think that that's necessarily true, but he did come up and his system still works and he's still able to get players involved. So this year it does make sense. And he is definitely going to be a better like game day coach than Cully was. He's been there. Like he's made these decisions. Like he's not going to get overwhelmed by it. And I think he'll be more confident that having um, Casario on the headset, having those conversations that he'll be able to execute a little bit better where I think Cully just got overwhelmed. Like I think Cully probably still would be a great assistant head coach. That's probably the reason why he was that for so long, but he seemed very overwhelmed as a head coach. Yeah, no, I, I, like I said, I, I agree. Look, the the Lovey Smith hire is a better, is an upgrade over David Coley. And I I hope I'm a hundred percent wrong about everything with Lovey Smith that, you know, he can be, you know, at 63, he can, he can turn it around. And, and it's not even like an age thing. It's just more or less like his, um, his inability to really change. He's kind of always been who he is, which worked in 04, you know, but it's like, is that going to work now? I don't know. I mean, his defense wasn't, I mean, it was terrible ranked wise, but it wasn't like, atrocious last year they had moments but they also had a lack of personnel like so does that matter i would assume so um but if cal and nick aren't aligned on this hire like is nick gonna is nick gonna invest in lovey's scheme and pep's offense or is nick gonna build around um build around what his plan is and what his, what the foundation he wants to lay down. Are, are we in the middle of potentially another power struggle, but this time between owner and GM instead of head coach and general manager? Like, I, I don't know. It's just none of it adds well, up. So it makes you wonder where we're going. And Cody, I appreciate it, bro. I thought of you when I bought this hat, actually. That's a cool hat. That's a nice appreciate hat. Appreciate it. Um, I mean, it does kind of concern me because Rick Smith, this, it does give me these shades of Rick Smith and Bill O'Brien. So, and not even that it was necessarily Rick Smith purposely trying to sabotage Bill O'Brien, but Smith was brought up with the Broncos. Like 4-3, West Coast offense, those were the type of players he knew how to look for. 
Granted, we've all made the jokes that Rick Smith didn't know how to look for anybody outside the first round, but still, he grew up with those philosophy. So even if he was sitting there trying to find the players for Bill O'Brien, he just couldn't. Now you've got a reverse situation where you've got Pep, Hamilton, it's no-coast offense, which is kind of like a West Coast passing com- concepts with power run scheme running. Um, he doesn't really do the, sh- the stretch run that everybody else that's running the West Coast does. He does more of a power style. So benefits with that is Casario comes from New England. New England always believes in power because if you can do power correctly, nobody can stop you. Um, yeah. So that is the benefit. But Lovey Smith's 3-4 was never ran purely in New England. New England, granted, they always had that. They Their base was, a, or I'm sorry, Levy Smith's Tampa 2 with a 4-3. Whereas New England always had a base of a 3-4. Granted, they always had a dynamic 3-4. Like, they would go out there and they would, Belichick could just get guys that played and plug them in, even if they were traditional 3-4 players or not. So, Casario still grew up under Belichick. Will he know what type of players to, to match for Levy Smith? Like, just with those philosophies. Does that make any sense? Like, No, it makes sense. It makes sense. So you're basically saying, like, the, the alignment on offense seems to be there, but the alignment, or potentially could be there, but the alignment on the defensive side of the ball is somewhat based on what Nick's experience has been and the types of players he scouted and drafted in New England isn't going to overlap necessarily with what Lovey's scheme is going to be to where you have to wonder if he's going to add to that scheme or if he's going to start to build, you know, draft players around, you know, whatever the foundation would be. But at the end of the day, like you're not going to fire Lovey after one year. So let's just kick that out. That's not happening. There's no way this team or this organization is going to go back to back years of firing a coach after one year. And, and they're both black. There's no way. It's not happening. No, Lovey Smith is going to be here for a few years. He's going to be here for two to three years. Yeah, uh, minimum. But again, I mean, that was a good point that, that you had brought up. Who's t- what team is Casario building? The team for three, four years from now? Or the team for next year? And that's, that's why I was asking. Whether, whether or not he's doing it on purpose. And, I mean, again, when our, the players that we had on the team last year were better suited for a 4-3. Yeah. I don't understand, for the life of me, why Bill O'Brien drafted uh, Blacklock and then tried to make him a zero-tech. Because he's just he's going to succeed in a 4-3. And then Grenard succeeds in a 4-3 as as an edge player. Yeah. And granted, there is a lot of people out there that have said it doesn't really matter what scheme. If you have players, you have players. But I don't know. There's like there's size. Like you've got to have somebody big enough to play nose. Like you've got to have certain aspects to it for yeah, sure. Yeah. Like you there there's just jobs that they're asked to do. Now it's just it's just I don't know. If is Casario essentially going to say, hey, we're going to commit to building this style of defense for the next few years. I think offense, it doesn't matter. Like, offense. Yeah. I think, I think, I think Nick just 
looking at who Nick is and, and what he presents himself to be, even if this was Cal's plan, I think ultimately um, Nick's going to do what's best for the organization. I truly believe that Nick is that guy. I don't, I don't think he's, I think he's going to draft the best players that he can and he's going to try to form the best team that he can. Um, But ultimately, you know, it's just, you have to wonder if like these next two to three years are somewhat wasted, right? Like if you hit on Mills, well, let's say you hit on him and he develops and he's on the Josh Allen path. Not saying he is in any form or fashion, but let's just say he yeah. is. Let's just say he is. You just wasted a rookie contract of the most important position in all of sports. Again. <laughs> Again. Back-to-back quarterbacks. Um, free agency. Like, what does that mean for free agency? Are we going back to another year of one-year guys, maybe possibly two-year guys? Um the draft, right? Like you're, you're getting all these players accommodated uh, or acclimated with Lovey's scheme um, and Pep's scheme. And then, in, you know, two to three years, they're not here. Then at that point, you, you know, first round picks, you're only going to have for two years, everything else you're only going to have for four. It's like, so you just have to question like, where is this, where are you really going to go? Like, I don't know if I want D4 traded right now, <laughs> to be honest with you. Hold them for another year. I, 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 you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to draft all these players and then it just be a waste. I'd hate for us to draft and add talent and it not take us anywhere because this is yeah. like a once in a lifetime opportunity, right? Like you're gonna have these draft picks. You got Tunsil. You got D four, right? You know, if if you trade Tunsil and and Sean, you're you're likely to have at least four first round picks. I don't know if I I want those now it's like this year we're gonna have all the draft picks and then next year we are gonna have a salary cap that you won't even believe i these next two years are just when you get to put the roster together yeah and that that ultimately is why it's like uh, that's really why i don't like the lovey smith hire has nothing to do with the respect of lovey smith it's more or less like we're all 100 percent sure lovey smith is not the future head coach of this team we're all 100% sure that Lovey Smith is not the head coach that Nick Casario um, referred to when he broke down the specific things that he was looking for in the next head coach because they're polar opposites of what he mentioned and what he referenced. So it's like, okay, well, if that's the case, what do you do? You got all this money. You have all this draft capital. You're able to actually potentially fund, like, field a very competitive roster because you have, like, everybody kept saying, like, look at what the Bengals did. Look at what the Bengals did. Yeah, look at what the Bengals did. And they did it without this draft capital. So, yeah, you're 100%. Like, to me, that that's the rebuild. They did it. They hit on the quarterback. They have their running back in place. They hit on the maybe the best wide receiver talent in the last – 20 years to come out of the draft. It's only one year, so let's see. But right now, it looks like it's potentially that. Um, they they built a good defense with depth in the later rounds, and now they're in the Super Bowl. And then you look at the Texans, and it's like you have, over the next two years, possibly six first-round picks. Yeah. 
and what I are mean, you going to do with them? If Mills is it, and that's that, that even if Mills that's isn't an if. it, even if Mills isn't it, you have six first round picks. It doesn't matter. No. You go get go get your quarterback. <laughs> well, no, it, it, like it really well, doesn't. You, next year, this year, it doesn't matter when. But I'm just saying. Well, I mean that that that's not the point that I'm trying to make. The point that I'm trying to make is if Mills is it, still yeah. an if. This year you get to load up on rookies. So this year we will probably potentially be a better team, even if it isn't reflected in the wins and losses. But the next year when all that dead cap money comes off and you have a rookie quarterback that you're going to, or not a rookie, you have a quarterback on his rookie deal that's a third round, then you're loaded. Like that's the year that you get to make a run. So you get to make a run for the next two years. So if Lovey isn't it, if he's not the guy that Casario absolutely believes in, but you're going to be stuck with him when you get to make your run in two years, like, I mean, yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair to be nervous about. And, and the thing is, you're not going to have that opportunity again. Yeah, you'll, you won't ever have anything like that again. No, the franchise will never likely have that again, right? Yeah. Five, six first-round picks, like in three years? Like, no, that's a very rare thing to happen. So if that's the case, why would you do this now? And if it is Cal that made the decision to hire Lovey, and he handicapped this entire situation specifically that we're talking about now with the draft picks and and cap space and stuff like that, then what happens next? I don't know. Do you think uh... that's the part that, that bothers me the most. That's why McCown more interesting. Like I said, I don't think he was, I don't know if he's going to be great, but it was just the fact that you're able to surround this young rookie head coach with talent and a guy who's seen a ton of different offensive schemes and has relationships throughout the league. I mean, he's he's been on some of the he's been on great coaching staffs, like or played for great coaching staffs. Like he has relationships. So like who knows what coaching staff he could have fielded. It's just it's possible that that could have been a better hire instead of the safe bet of giving you comfort and less risk, but also a ceiling that isn't necessarily low, but it is, it's also not very high. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say that of the hires, I think Lovey Smith probably has the highest floor, but the lowest ceiling. Like you kind of know what you're going to get with him. I would have loved McDaniels. I mean, yeah. Uh, it seems like McDaniels, a weirdo. Well, but... I mean, <laughs> yeah. But you, you knew you knew for a fact that McDaniels was aligned with what Casario wanted to do. Like, they had a similar vision going forward. And, again, that's the only real complaint that I have with the Levy Smith hire is you don't know that for 100%. Like, you just don't. Yeah, and Cody, I said that about an hour ago when we started. That's one of the things that's definitely in the plus column with Lovey Smith is he went to a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about <coughs> the alignment that Casario or the, the vision that Casario had for the franchise and what he said he wanted in a head coach. Lovey Smith doesn't match that. So is that actually, you know, and where did the, that the go? Bug of, 
Yeah, and where did that's, that go? That's the question. Where did where did it go, right? Like, I just can't see a scenario where he's going to sit there for 30 minutes and tell us exactly what he's looking for and how extensive this head coaching search is going to be. And then he woke up one night to go grab a hot Earl Grey tea to sit on his patio in River Oaks, and it struck him out of nowhere. Holy shit, I have Lovey Smith on my coaching staff. That just doesn't make any sense to me. That's not that's not a that's not a smart person's logic. It's 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 a forced upon logic. Because if not, why even go through all that 30 minutes of, of laying out what you're looking for? Yeah. And I mean, I part of me still thinks that Nick just decided that everybody he interviewed just wasn't ready. Part of me hopes that that's it. And that him and Lovey have had a lot of conversations and him and Lovey do have they are on the same page like i don't want to i hate saying the word alignment after everything that happened but i mean with that word in the past but there is something to it to the gm and the head coach having the same plan and i'm if they are like then i I, I mean that's not what i'm worried about i'm not worried about those two having alignment i think they will have alignment because i think that's just who nick is i'm worried about the owner and the general manager having an alignment and the owner coming in last minute and saying, we're going to hire Lovey Smith because who knows for what reasons could be 31 other owners said, Hey, look, you've had uh, somewhat of a controversial race history. We just got sued by a black former head coach who didn't get hired this cycle we need you to rectify this. Also, your dad interviewed him and it was down to him and Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien was a huge mistake. Are you trying to rectify something that maybe your dad didn't? Cody, what if it's not a conspiracy though? (laughs) What if we're treating it as one? But, um, and you can take the website down either way. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, and Cody, you're so logical. That's so crazy that you would actually consider this a conspiracy because you're like one of the smartest people I know, if not the smartest person I know. Why would, why would he spend 30 minutes telling us what he's looking for? In, in, in true detail, in, in the, probably the most transparent way we've heard Nick Casario speak since he's been here, the one press conference we can point to where it wasn't just a bunch of big words not answering questions. Literally the only press conference we have, and he tells us what he's looking for, and all of a sudden he just lands on Lovey Smith. There's no way that anybody should be able to believe that. Uh, see, Boots gets it. And you know that, I mean, you know that the owners were talking as soon as that lawsuit came through. No, I don't think that. Do y'all think a league that is built to serve the owner's needs is going to turn around and set a precedence that they can dictate who a team hires and fires? No, I think that they can 
They already do. I think, well, that happens, but I, I think they yeah. can offer uh, a certain amount of input that someone who is a newer owner, right? He's the newest right. owner in the league. Um, feels is the right thing. And then daddy wanted to hire Lovey. I don't know. I don't know. I Part of me just thinks that No, none of the none of the coaches blew him away. None of the coaches made him feel that he interviewed he was comfortable with. I think that I think honestly that Casario did want to go with Flores. Like if you even go back logically, like Cully doesn't get Makes so fired until Cully doesn't get fired until Flores is is available. And yep. then Casario was sitting there. He was doing the whole, you know, trying to go through the entire process to make it look like, you know, they're not going to just jump on Flores. Then the lawsuit comes out. People start talking to Cal. And Casario has second thoughts for whatever reasons, whether it's dictated from Cal or whatnot. And then you look down the hall and you've got Lovey Smith and Lovey has been more impressive than any of the other guys that he interviewed when he really wanted Flores. And you just not necessarily settle, but you just go with that. Yeah. Cause again, you keep, you keep your continuity and you keep Pep Hamilton. And that may be part of it. Like Pep Hamilton said of Lovey's the head coach. I stay if it's other people. Then he then he's looking at other jobs, you know. Mister Pimp Squad says maybe Casario wanted Ga- Gannon, and Cal said no, and hired Lovey. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's just about how we got to this point. Yeah, like I said, no, and I mean it, 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 it's it's fair. It's absolutely fair. Um, the point that you have made, like it does make you wonder, either. Like you said, either there's been outside interference from the owner, and we're, we're talking about Casarius in there and listing everything he wanted in a head coach, and then goes in the exact opposite. Um, so either A, there was outside interference from ownership, B, he's not impressed with anybody, or C, whom he wanted turned him down. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe he wanted... Or maybe the guy that turned him down was Kevin O'Connell. It's all the the Vikings were closer to winning. Yeah. Jabberlon says, hear me out. What if Nick's guy is still in college? Yeah, he's a senior in college. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Said he wanted a young guy, so he's he's still in college. (laughs) Maybe he's he's been referencing like Google and Amazon and Facebook a lot. So maybe, maybe he's just a coder right now. Maybe. It's our very own Cody, Cody Alder. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but Cody would fit the description more than what Lovey would fit. Uh, I don't know if Lovey used an agent. I do know that um, Brian Flores fired athletes first. Oh, did he? Uh, yeah, I don't think it's been reported, but yeah, he fired yeah. athletes first. Um, somebody got wise. Um, 
So let's let's end it on a pretty straightforward question. Do you think Flores would have been the head coach without the lawsuit? Yes. I agree. Yeah, I do. I definitely agree. And let's end it on a positive. Let's end it on a positive. The most the only the best way that we can. So I said I, I tweeted out what the Texans need to build off of in the tw- from the 2021 season and the 20 to the 2022 season to feel better about kind of everything. Davis Mills takes a big step forward in his development and shows he can be the guy. Defense gets younger, faster, and is a top 15 defense. Pep installs an aggressive downfield attack with a power run game. Hire a young up-and-coming defensive coordinator. Win 8-10 to 10 games, possibly make the playoffs. Nick hits on 75% of his draft picks. Jonathan Grenard continues to develop. And then trade Deshaun for three first-round picks and two second-round picks. And I should have included Tunsil, but I think – Davis, there's a chance. There's a chance for almost all of these. Davis Mills takes a step forward. There's a chance. Defense gets younger and faster. There's a chance. Top 15. Not sure if there's a chance next year, maybe year after. Pep installs an aggressive downfield attack with a power run game. That's pretty much what his offense was. Hiring young up and coming defensive coordinator could be a young defensive assistant that potentially takes the reins of DC. Um, win eight to ten games. I think with the schedule, you know, anything's possible. And if the if the top if the other three things that I mentioned happen, um, I think it's possible. Um, Nick hits on seventy five percent of his draft picks. Um, if we go off of just what he did last year, there's a good chance that that could happen. But the draft is a true lottery, so who knows? Uh, Jonathan Grenard continues to develop, possible, and then trading Deshaun. Um, I would say it's definitely, definitely well, with as definitely many picks possible. as we're about to have. If he hits on fifty percent, if we get starting quality players out of. 50% of those picks, like that'll be a huge upgrade on the team. So it doesn't even have to be 75%. Like the bar is fairly, fairly low there. Um, yeah, I would agree. All right. Uh, John, are we going to take a little break? I, I feel like um, there's not going to be any news for what we got the draft in April. Yeah, League New Year starts in March. So maybe we so, maybe we come back March first. That's a Tuesday. One, yeah, we'll two, take a month off. three. That would give us four weeks off. That'd be kind of live. Well, if if his his son is also a defensive assistant, is um, it a different son? Yeah, is it another son? Maybe. I don't know. I, I think he has. No, like, I mean, they have like nine grandkids. So yeah, I think it's possible. For yeah. sure. No, and I, I mean, I'm more excited to end it on a positive note. I'm more excited about Lovey than I was about Cully. And I feel a lot more comfortable with Pep Hamilton. Um, if you bringing in, you bringing in the owner interference, that does make me a little nervous. But ultimately, I think that we're better off than we could have been. Like, I feel the exact same way about Lovey Smith as I would if we had hired Gannon. I feel better than if we had hired McNown. Even though, McCown, even though I, I, I get where you're coming from. Like, I wouldn't, to me, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. But I do feel more comfortable with it. Um, I really wanted somebody that ran a true West Coast because the West Coast offense, obviously, look at who's in the Super Bowl. Like, those teams just win. And there's a reason for it. It's very QB friendly. But, I mean, Pep Hamilton has had 
proven success that he's been developing these quarterbacks. So him running an offense with a quarterback he developed, it it might work out. The dopest thing that could happen would be Davis Mills just truly like lighting the league on fire next year. That'd be freaking awesome. Well, I mean, if we we could potentially have a very fun offense next year if we follow the same trajectory that the Colts did. Granted, Davis Mills is not Andrew Luck, but that same like high-powered, explosive offense, like would be very least fun to watch. Which, you know, we really haven't had a a truly fun to watch offense other than holding our breath and hope that Sean made magic happen. Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I, the 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 one thing I'm not looking forward to the, the rest of this offseason is the Deshaun rumor mill just kicking into f- – full gear and it's it's going to ramp up real soon too it's going to be it started like last week it's the phillies back in oh just wait till the super bowl is over and they have nothing else to talk about yeah well the cool thing is it won't just be deshaun it'll be aaron and it'll be russell so like who knows what's going on with uh kyler murray um (laughs) Would you trade uh, Deshaun for Kyler Murray straight no, up? I was, I was asked that earlier on Twitter. I wouldn't. Fuck no, not straight up. Get the, there's no <laughs> fucking way straight up. Hell. I mean, if you look at the contracts, no. like. I don't give a fuck about no contract. I'm talking <laughs> talent. I am not taking Kyler Murray straight up for Deshaun. They'd have to give me at least two additional firsts. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's no Whoa. fucking way I'm going to have a 5'8 quarterback running <laughs> around my backfield, bro. Uh, no. No. But how awesome would that be for him to go to uh, Arizona and just suck ass <laughs> with the rest of them? It would It almost be too perfect, but... um, I guess real quick, let's do a quick Super Bowl. Um... Who you got? Rams? I'm I'm assuming everybody's gonna pick the Rams. You know what? I'm gonna I've been going for, for Joey Burr the whole time. So you know what? I, I think he's gonna keep it running. I think they, they this may be one of those situations where their defense is just playing the Bengals defense is just playing almost out of body. And Burrow is making the plays that they need to. And and Jamar Chase, just fun to watch. Uh, so unreal, bro. Him and T. Higgins, it's it's insane, you know? dude. It's insane. So I'm just gonna keep rolling with them. Do I? Th- All right. Do you think they'll I, win? Honestly, that's what I'm asking. I mean, honestly, like if I had to absolutely put money on it, I would put money on the Rams. Yeah. But I want, and I hope, and I think they can pull it off as the Bengals. Yeah. But I mean, the Rams are easily favored. I think for, reason, me- for good reason. Yeah, that that offensive line against that defensive line is mm-hmm. just going to be it's just it's too much of a mismatch. You have, it, I mean, it's all across the entire defensive line too. It's not just like a one or two guys. I mean, it's it's truly a, a group of individuals that is are they're going to get after the quarterback. Um, yeah. And I, as much as I love Joe Burrow, and I do, I think he is ascending, and I think. I think he's the guy that people are going to talk about, like the Pat Mahomes and 
I love that that's the case, and I really hope that's the case because I fucking hate Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> but um, I just can't see a scenario where that defensive line isn't enough of a game changer. I think according to to pro or Pro Football Focus, the number one mismatch amongst skill positions for the entire playoffs will be the Rams defensive line versus the Bengals offensive line. Just like it's just such a biggest discrepancy. Like if you go position group battles, usually it's like offensive lines, like wide receivers versus um, secondary running backs versus uh, linebackers. And the number number one mismatch, like the biggest gap is going to be the Bengals offensive line versus the Rams defensive line. Makes sense, dude. I mean, it makes total sense. I mean, it's a complete nightmare. Um, I really hope Zach Taylor's able to schematically find ways to buy Burrow some time because if he does, I, I do think the Bengals can uh, look. They beat the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs' defense is nothing compared to that, or defensive line is nothing compared to that defensive line. But they did have Joe Joe Burrow uncomfortable for most of that game. Um, and you know Spagnola, he sends freaking zero blitzes almost every freaking down. So um, it'll be interesting. I want the Bengals to win. I really do. I want DJ Reader to get a ring so bad. The the guy who left the team and did it right and wasn't a cocksucker about it and doesn't constantly throw shade and just always keeps it professional. I, I man, it would be the dopest thing to see him get a ring before JJ Watt. Um, I just can't see it happening. And then you have the other storyline too. Like it's like Matthew Stafford in Detroit for 13 years, a wasted talent, not being a, and then he's able to pretend, you know, he could win a Super Bowl. So honestly, NFL fans, in my opinion, win this weekend, no matter what the outcome actually is. Um, It's not the chiefs. It's not the Patriots. um, It's not Tom Brady. So that's cool in itself. It's going to well, be a fun Super Bowl. You got a dope ass half yeah. show, which is going to be awesome as can be. I can't yeah. wait. Um, you know, so that that's all awesome. I just, I really want the Bengals to win, and I just can't see him doing it. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, this is going into the playoffs. The three teams that I wanted one of the three these three teams to make it to the Super Bowl, and I got two. I wanted either the Bengals, Rams, or Niners. Um, just you know. Yeah, I top three teams left, dude. They they were and yeah. Rams and Niners. I mean, definitely Niners because Debo Samuel was my is my favorite player, just bar none. Uh, all the way back from South Carolina, like Debo might have been the first word that Jack knew, and I'm not joking on that. Like when he was back at South Carolina, like that's not a joke. Um, and then the Rams, like. Cooper Cup won me a lot of money this year. So <laughs> I spent the entire season pulling for him. And then just like the Stafford, like that whole storyline, like, that was great. And originally with the Bengals going into the playoffs, like I, I just, you know, they were that team that you just kind of want to do well. But watching Burrow play and just watching him play more, like, yeah, I'm completely on board. Yeah, I I, I just think, um, you know, I don't know, dude. We've seen it so many times in the Super Bowl where, you know, like the Giants, where they just went on that run and it was magical and it, they were a wild card team and they ended up 
beating the Patriots. And, you know, just it's it's that's what makes football one of those sports where it's just like it really is like truly in any given Sunday. I, I really hate the term because it's definitely overused, but it's such a very like true, true, truth like thing. Like it's a true saying any given Sunday, any team can really win. And to, we can't act as if the Bengals don't create a mismatch. Like I love Jalen Ramsey, but I don't know if Jalen Ramsey can shadow Jamar Chase for four quarters. Um, and, you know, and if so, like T Higgins is going to be eating, but then I, I don't know, man, there's a lot of good m- matchups. The Rams, like, are, the Rams are loaded though. Like the Rams they are. are absolutely loaded. And that's they, another cool thing about the Rams. Like they gave up everything for this yeah. and, and to win it would just be so cool to see Bill O'Brien's punching a ceiling right now because he, 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 he was the one that set the trend, um, <laughs> giving up everything for one player. But, um, the Bengals beating the Rams would be cool, but at the end of the day, I don't know. I think it. I think it'd be a really cool story for the NFL. For those people that want the NFL to turn into the NBA and start to see these trades and stuff, the Rams winning a Super Bowl definitely gives you somewhat of a blueprint to be able to actually like maybe start to see other teams take risks more and more on making these types of trades. Yeah. No, I mean, I part of me wants the Rams to win just to prove that argument that. Even players should be valued more than draft picks, but for whatever reason, the fans and the media always want first round pick is worth more than whomever. I again, we talk about we talk about the tensile trade. It sucks not having those picks when you lose, but odds are you didn't get a player as good as tensile with either one of those picks. That's, That's true. The odds, whether That's or not. True. One of the players that the Dolphins ended up getting, uh, I believe, is it's Waddle, right? Yeah. So of the the three picks, the two first rounders and one second rounder, one of those guys may end up being pretty good. Yeah. And that was, a, and we get crucified every every single time it brings up. Rams win. Rams don't have a first round pick forever. They were able to build a team without first round picks. And they were able to use their first round picks that other teams overvalued to go out there and get proven talent. So, yeah, it'd be nice to have that proof. Do we want to trade Tunsil? I don't know if I want to trade Tunsil. No, I don't really want to, but Titus Howard is better at left tackle and you're not going to move Tunsil. So get something of value. And Tunsil doesn't really seem to want to be here. So getting something of value, I'd rather get a player, but they never trade for players. It's always for picks. But Titus at right and Tunsil at left is is a, a formidable. It should be, yeah. Him, him, Titus at right is fine. He's not he's not mm-hmm. as good as he is at left tackle, but he's 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 way he above average fine. at right tackle. Um, he seemed fine, but for whatever reason, they moved him to left guard. So I mean, I I would I don't know. Like if Mills is the guy, I'd like to see Tunsil and I, 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 let me say this: I don't want to trade Tunsil in the off season. I'd like to trade him if we're going to trade him before the trade deadline next year. I want to see if we protect Tunsil or if we protect Mills, if he can do what he needs to do. Um, and it alleviates a, a lot of pressure on Nick to fill that interior of the offensive line. It makes it a little easier to do in the draft or through free agency, you can sign a guard and draft a guard. Um, and then you have more C potentially at center. So um, I don't know. I just, I want to see Mills with some protection before, we blow it up with Tunsil and then 
he's in there getting yeah. his ass beat. I mean, I just don't understand why they moved Howard from right tackle to left guard. And then Coley, man. Absolutely boggles my mind. Like why that happened. Unless they saw something that they weren't comfortable with Howard at tackle for whatever reason. Right tackle. But when what you put that Howard, I don't know. But when you put <laughs> Howard at left tackle, like he played, he played great. He played well enough that you can replace Tunsil. Like he played like you never even miss a beat with Tunsil. Yeah. Now, potentially having them both out there makes sense that it should be the strongest. Like that, when you sit there and you talk about it logically, like that's what you would think your your strongest line is. But maybe there's other factors involved. It could just be that Tunsil just doesn't want to be here. Yeah, no. No, it's very I mean, it, I mean took it, him it makes most forever sense, to get huh? over. It took him forever to get over an injury that Garoppolo was out the week after. Yeah, Garoppolo missed one week versus the rest of the season. Same injury. Garoppolo yeah. was actually injured worse, supposedly. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I don't know. All right, uh, well, let's let's get out of here. Um, all right, guys. Uh, so we're gonna take a break next four weeks. Uh, anything happens, you know, if it uh, announces, if a trade's an, uh, agreed to in principle or something like that, we'll hop on. Um, if you guys clamor enough, I'm going to probably log off of Twitter for the month too. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys when we get back. We'll be back for the off season. Um, we have a draft party at Kobo's Q. Uh, hopefully Cody shows up. Um, we got, we'll definitely do a bunch of draft talk, free agency breakdowns, all that good stuff. Um, so, yeah. So, with that being said, signing off for John Wade, I am Yungari Gold, signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We will catch you guys in four weeks. <laughs>